Well, everybody, welcome to episode 249 of the Anthony Fanatic Weekly Podcast. As always, it is brought to you by our good friends at Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Coldwell Banker is rooted in the legacy of our founder, renowned businessman and philanthropist, Marvin Pomeranz. We continue to tell his story through our love of people, homes, and the communities we serve. Our integrity guides our focus to empower people to make the best real estate decisions possible. We pair local ownership and knowledge with the power of an international brand and the most advanced technology to elevate the customer experience and expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. All right, well, my guest tonight is going to help me break down all of the postseason high school basketball brackets. He's making his 11th appearance on the podcast, which I think uh, might be a record. Uh, and most of his uh, previous spots were football-related because of his job as an assistant coach for the Dallin Catholic football team. Uh, but he also runs the Centennial Digital Platform and the corresponding Ankeny site as well. So he's seen as many basketball games uh, this winter as I have. He's Andy Pollock. Andy, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I didn't realize it was that many. Man, I've been around for a long time. I'm feeling a little bit old here tonight. I, I had to count them up, yeah. I think, I think Bob Fontana might be the only one who's close to you, and he's also been on the broadcast one time. So we'll, oh, I'd love to get you on the broadcast. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. I, uh, ooh, I'm not sure Rod would let me on. I don't know. Me and him both heads a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Rod's a good friend. Well, hey, before we get into all the, all the high school stuff, I know we're both heading out uh, tonight to watch the Iowa State game. I did want to uh, ask you briefly about that. Of course, uh, Omaha Blue was playing in the, the postseason last year over at Waukee. And everybody thought he'd go to Iowa State and maybe be a one-and-done guy. I know I thought that was a good possibility. And I never thought he'd be riding the bench the whole year. I mean, why do you think it's been so difficult, you know, for him to make the transition to D1 hoops? It's such a big jump from especially Iowa high school basketball um, to get to that level. Uh, Iowa State plays at such a, a high level. I mean, they're fighting for a Big 12 championship right now. And the Big 12 is known as one of the toughest leagues in the country. And it's not something where just your average person can just step in and play. And, and Omaha's been all over the place playing. He's a super talented kid. He's a great kid. Actually, he went to Dowling his freshman year. I had right. a chance to see him in the weight room. He works his tail off. And he was a fun kid to have around. Was a kid that we would have loved to have on the football field because he could have been a difference maker there too. But um, the, the mentality that it takes, the consistency that it takes and everything that you do, uh, having, def- having to defend the basketball, that is all stuff, especially in Iowa State's program, that you have to be able to do day in and day out. I know a couple of the Iowa State coaches, they still speak very highly of Omaha right now. Um, it's just something that he's just not ready yet. And let's face it, Iowa State's a high-level team right now. They're number 10 in the country. So it's uh, to be able to step into a top-10 team and play, that takes a generational talent to do that. Do you think it's been offense or defense that's maybe been the biggest obstacle for him? I would say probably more the defensive end and, mm-hmm. and the, the ability to – uh, the gap between him and everyone else in the high school years uh, here, especially in Iowa, was was wide. He was able to be kind of a rim protector and hang out and get a lot of block shots. He's he's not a diamond dozen guy. He's still a really good player for, for college. But there's just so many more things that have to be honed in on once you get to the college game. And he's, he's just not there yet. Omaha is going to be a really good college basketball player. I hope so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how his offense translates too, because he's not really a back of the basket, low post guy. You know, that can score right. you know, like a traditional post player. But if you put him on the perimeter, I'm not sure he handles the ball well enough in that offense to. Yeah, you know. I see him. Uh, Rashawn Clark was a guy for Iowa State mm-hmm. that uh, was one of my favorite players ever to watch, uh, and then ended up being a, a free safety. Uh, uh, sorry, not Rashawn. Yeah, he wasn't a free safety, but Rashawn. Yeah, and he was able to just make a living, you know, getting rebounds, being the blue-collar guy. That's the type of role that I see Omaha kind of fitting in at Iowa State. You need guys like that. I don't think he's going to be your your 18-9 and nine guy or anything like that. I think he's your guy that can get nine rebounds and maybe pick up, you know, eight to ten points a game right in there. And those are guys that you love to have on your team. Oh, for sure. 
Well, the main thing we're going to do tonight is break down the boys' uh, brackets that came out uh, yesterday, but I did want to touch on the girls' uh, brackets a little bit here. They'll start their regional play here coming up on uh, Saturday. Uh, but before we get into Ankeny and Centennial's uh, brackets, uh, just a kind of a big picture question, first of all, for you, Andy. You know, do you think anyone can beat Johnston? Oh, boy. Um, we've watched this year, we've watched Centennial battle them into the fourth quarter, we've watched Ankeny battle them into the fourth quarter. As much as you want to say that, yes, they can. Johnson always finds a way. And over and over again, Coach Jellick is just always, they have a run at some point in the game that you just can't overcome. And sometimes it comes in the second quarter, sometimes it comes in the fourth quarter. And they've been doing it year after year after year after year. And when you talk to other coaches around the league, he's got the best talent. There's no doubt. Basketball, and I, I mean this in the best way, but it's kind of a selfish game. You've got a lot of people with egos playing basketball. No one manages those egos better than Coach Jellick. Um, he's just got, he gets everybody to kind of understand they're playing for each other. And because of that, they win basketball games. And you feel like you can be close to them. Every, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of teams have been close to them. But dang it, they always find a way and they're fun to watch doing it. Yeah, they certainly do. Let's break down uh, the Ankeny and Centennial, uh, Centennial brackets a little bit. Uh, Ankeny will host either Cedar Rapids Kennedy or Waterloo West on Saturday. Centennial will host Council Bluffs Jefferson or Sioux City North. Uh, they'll find out those opponents uh, tomorrow night when those two teams uh, play each other, uh, respectively. Uh, all four of those teams have losing records. I mean, you don't anticipate either team having trouble in that first game. Do you? No, I really don't. And I think both the teams, uh, both Ankeny and Centennial, will start with Ankeny. I really think uh, they've been consistent on the defensive end throughout the course of the year. You haven't seen teams necessarily go on a long run. They defend you the whole, I say, 94 foot. That's what it will be at Wells Fargo Arena, but they defend you the entire court. Uh, make you really work for your buckets. I really like what Coach Toby's done down there uh, as far as uh, he's got some really good athletes and he's allowed them to be athletes out on the basketball court. And they've been fun to watch. Uh, Jayla Williams has been really fun to watch. There's been games that if you get her in the half court sometimes, it's been difficult for her to score. But, man, on the defensive end, her defense turns into offense. She gets so many run-out buckets because of it. Um, Savvy Gage has been another one that uh, she's a great, great, great outside shooter. Everybody's got one or two good scores, but what I think makes Ankeny nice is uh, you talk about Ainsley Keene then coming in as that third scorer as well. Uh, the ability to shoot from the outside, add to that. And, you know, Carson Jacks is one that we haven't talked about a whole lot, but she is just, anytime there's a big game, Carson Jacks shows up. That, that's a fun thing about her. Uh, we've been watching her for four years play for Ankeny, and Carson just uh, has added the element of being able to score around the basket to her, to her game this year. And, man, she's been a lot of fun to watch. I think Ankeny is going to be a team that could surprise anybody in the postseason. And then you move on to Centennial. And, you know, Scott DeYoung, uh, he's been around for a long time. I'm not going to call him old. I'm going to be careful about that. But just celebrate his 40th year of coaching, being a head coach. Uh, Scott's been a guy that for years has been known about you don't want to be the best player on another team because Scott DeYoung is going to make you very frustrated. He's going to have somebody that makes you very frustrated. He's been able to do that with a lot of players throughout the course of the year. I really like how they've been able to develop Ava Martin as a defender for Centennial. Uh, Ava's been known for her outside shooting a lot during the course of the last three years that she's played. Maya Crawford has been kind of the glue, makes everything roll. The important thing is she stays out of foul trouble. you got to keep Jaden Pratt out of foul trouble for Centennial. But there's no reason right now that Ankeny and Centennial as a five and the eight seed, there's no reason that those two teams aren't playing at the state tournament here in two weeks. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, you mentioned uh, Carson Jacks. Yeah, she usually defers to the other 
uh, players there for Ankeny, but boy, she's had those two 30 point games. I mean, when they need her to score, she's she can certainly yeah, do it she, in bunches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and she's the she's a quiet leader out there on the floor, the senior out there that kind of runs everything. But just the ability to, you know, again, bringing back up Iowa State. Remember Kenny Pratt back in the day, the little guy oh, that was able to finish at the rim? Carson kind of has that feel to her. She kind of gets the ball and just all of a sudden the ball rolls up into the basket and you wonder how that just happened. But as we've all seen over the last several years, she's a really, really good three-point shooter as well. So she's the one I think it's kind of the X factor in all these games, especially as they get in the, the against the better teams as some of the better players cancel each other out. Then it becomes, all right, one cancels out, one, two cancels out, two. All right, where's our third score? Where's our fourth score? Who can come about in that situation? Who can propel our team on to whether it's a state tournament or the state finals or whatever? Well, uh, I did want to ask you about the boys. We'll get to that here in a minute. Let's move, let's move on to, like, the possible regional final uh, matchups. Uh, let's start with Centennial. Looks like they might get Sioux City East in the final, and that would be a, re- a rematch from two years ago uh, when they beat the Black Raiders 46-41. to 41. I haven't had a chance to dig too too deeply into them yet, but uh, do you know anything about them? Well, here's the deal. Sioux City East is a team that, in just kind of our mentality here in Central Iowa, uh, teams from Western Iowa, whatever, you know, no big deal. It's Sioux City blank, you know, add, add a direction to their school. Sioux City East has played Centennial tough to go to state. Sioux City East, if you remember back four years ago, was a team that kept Caitlin Clark from going to the state basketball tournament. That's right. Um, yeah. they, and they came in, big upset. You just never know. And Sioux City East is a team that um, they always have good athletes. Uh, I think they're very well coached. They don't turn a lot of heads. They don't play a lot of teams around here. So you just don't know. They have very much that unknown factor coming in. That's a team that just from the name only and their little history of kind of playing uh, upset maker in the postseason, not a team that I'd like to play. Football-wise, I still have a sad, bad taste in my mouth from 2008 playing Sioux City East. So, I mean, there's just, they, they, there, there's things that they can do, and they have the pieces in place that maybe not consistently they can uh, beat a lot of teams and make that run, but they have the pieces in place to pull those upsets throughout the course of the postseason. Well, and then the interesting thing with Ankeny's bracket is we could have a rematch with Valley. Of course, these two teams just played last Friday. Ankeny won a big game over there, which allowed them to – Hold on to that number one seat so they will get a host the regional final now, which is which is a big deal because they've lost two tough ones on the road the last two years. Uh, but the big question mark there is whether or not Alicia Yeager is going to play. She did get hurt in that game. She was on crutches afterwards. I don't know. Have you heard anything about that? I have not heard anything more about that. And, and she's such a good basketball player. She's a good athlete overall. She's been the, the main go-to on their volleyball team. I mean, uh, how she goes is really how Valley goes. Every, the offense runs through her. So... We may not know for another. I think it's a week from tonight that the night that the, that game will be played. So, if it's something that's a sprain, you can do a lot in that time. These teams playing for the third time that is, it's a toss up at that point. <laughs> it absolutely is because if you're the team that's won, you're like, okay, what do we do different? How do we adjust? If you're the teams that lost, I almost think there's an advantage if you're the team that's lost those games. So, um, I think that's going to be one of the premier games as you look at the postseason and who's going to go to state, Valley versus Ankeny. Those two teams playing the other night, like you and I exchanged on text messages several times, those two teams, uh, whoever was going to win that game was going to host uh, in that one, so that made it big. But, you know, Ankeny has started to get some really nice crowds at home. Uh, student section's really started to get into it. And I, I got to think that as the home team, you got to definitely sway the, sway the game in favor of the Hawks at that point. Well, Valley's an interesting team because they were, you know, playing so well early on. I think they were 7-0 or 7-1 at one point. They might have beaten Dowling. I can't remember. But 
Uh, they did, they, yes, they did very early in the year, yeah. But they've really slumped here the second half of the season. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to attribute that to. Uh, seen them play three or four times throughout the course of the year. Um, they've got the athletes out there. They, they still defend, but sometimes you just got to put the ball in the basket. And I think that's the part that's been kind of difficult for Ankeny to, or excuse me, for Valley to be able to do. And, and Ankeny, I've seen, Ankeny's had two bad halves this year. <laughs> that's it. And those were now, you know, almost 10 games ago now, Southeast Polk and then into Dowling. They went second half of Southeast Polk into the first half of Dowling. I don't think, I don't think that defines their season right now. Those are things, they, they scored very, very few points during that time. But, um, I just don't see that happening to Ankeny in the at least to get up to the state tournament level. Well, yeah, if we could get both Ankeny and Centennial there, I was looking at, at the rankings today. I mean, we think Johnson's going to get there. I assume you think Dowling and Milwaukee are going to yep. get Do you see any of those eight top eight teams as being vulnerable? <sighs> not really. Um, the We've talked about it from the beginning of the year. It would not be a surprise at all to see a 500 CIML team get to the state tournament. The CIML for years right now has just been stacked. Uh, Pleasant Valley is a team that has snuck in there in the past, and they, they seem to have some really nice things going in their girls' athletic programs over at Pleasant Valley. But right now, from a basketball perspective, I mean, this is it's CML's world, and everybody else is living in it. Well, I'm sure both Ankeny and Centennial would love to get another crack at Johnson at State. Uh, and if the top eight teams get there, Ankeny would get them in the first round. If Centennial you know, wins their first game, they'd get them as well. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I actually thought you know, all four of the Ankeny boys and girls teams had a chance to get to state before we knew who was going to play. Until that's, yesterday. It's yeah. not going to happen because both boys teams got slotted into sub-state eight. What was your reaction when you saw that? Uh, I saw that and my first thought was, oh, no, not again, because we saw that in volleyball, that they had to play each other in the first round of the of state tournament. Saw it in football, that they had to play each other in the semifinals, and now it's to get to state, so even one, one uh, step further back. But... Uh, I mean, for the city of Ankeny, it's always great to have those two teams play each other at a high level. There'll be a lot of exposure in a game like that, assuming they both win to get to that level. Um, but, man, you know, as a, as a dad who's got a senior daughter that knows a lot of kids on both sides, I feel horrible for those kids. Like one of those teams is going to have to knock out the other. And I've had some people ask me if I have any idea where that game would be played. Do you have any thoughts on that? There's been a lot of speculation right now. I know they're trying to get something that works that they would host that here in Ankeny um, at Prairie Trail Sports Complex, which would be incredible. They'd have to bring in a lot of bleachers, mm-hmm. uh, obviously figure out some parking issues for that. But uh, the Boys State, obviously that's the reason you asked that. The Boys State, they do not play these games at a home site. They play at a neutral site. So um, the next logical steps would be maybe a – Johnston or an Altoona type of place to host that at. Uh, just a big enough gym that you could have the amount of fans that want to watch it in. Gives us some media-friendly places as well to, to watch those games from. But um, we'll see. But I know there's some things in the works. Drake is out of the question. Uh, they've already brought that up. There's a, They host that night. Drake has a home game. So mm-hmm. that will not happen. But uh, we could certainly see... Um, what could be an incredible atmosphere for a high school basketball game if those two teams end up winning their first round games? And I know I saw some people today wondering about if the game could be played at Northview. But I don't know if Northview <laughs> would be. Uh... That got brought up. Um, I, I don't know why it couldn't. I don't know what the the seating is exactly at Northview. I, I don't know what the state's rules are. I would assume this is just me assuming that because Northview is considered a centennial school. 
that the state probably would not allow that, but I don't know for sure. That's what but I want. As someone who's been in this town for 20 plus years, that would certainly be a lot of fun. We watched a lot of games and had a lot of fun when it was the old Ankeny High School over there at Northview. Oh, for sure. Well, it's been interesting to see how these brackets developed. Uh, Centennial was ranked eighth a week ago. They looked like they were on, on track to get a one seed. Uh, that loss to Dowling on Saturday obviously hurt them. But I'm not sure that it, it made too much of a difference in the overall pairings because I think if Centennial had won that game, I don't think they were going to move up. I think they would have been eight. Maybe Ankeny would have moved up to nine, and they still would have been in the same bracket. Yeah, it probably just flipped the teams around what it was. It probably in the grand scheme of things didn't do a whole lot. I think uh, a week ago when Centennial or when Ankeny beat Centennial uh, at the – down on at the Hawks Nest, I think that probably had a lot more bearing on getting these teams a lot closer in the final rankings than anything else. Well, let's talk about the teams that they'll uh, potentially play. Uh, Centennial could see Roosevelt in the first round. Uh, they have to win uh, their game first of all, and there was some news that broke today on Roosevelt. I know you've probably read more about that than I did. You want to, you want to tell people what happened? Yeah, we've been uh, in the media world. We've been talking to a lot of people throughout the course of the day. There's no, you know, in the high school world, they don't necessarily name names. So Roosevelt had a player named ineligible. They forfeited nine games. The timing of it was interesting because the pairings for the postseason came out yesterday. If the postseason pairings come out uh, a day later, then Roosevelt's seating changes dramatically. So. Uh, Roosevelt will be without a player that played in nine games this year. There's a lot of speculation as to who that is amongst the media types right now. Uh, most likely, his departure will not mean a whole lot for Roosevelt as they move on through the through the postseason. Roosevelt is a, a dangerous team. They sit here right now at 17 and four. It's a group of guys that know how to win. Their competition level has not been great, but that also makes them dangerous because you just don't know how good they could be. They put up points. Um, they put up a lot of points, and they get up and down the floor. So uh, Roosevelt can be – they can be one of those teams that can be an issue right now in the postseason. Well, I know they beat Centennial in a preseason scrimmage, even though Winkle, I think, had like 33 points. So there's, there's no way the Jags are going to overlook them. Yeah, and it, you know, those preseason things, it's a long time ago, and you're using a lot of different guys that you don't use otherwise. Um, Rankings-wise, you know, they're, they're not um, – they're not considered close right now. Just – you know, there's, and I've been a part of a lot of preseason scrimmages in the past. You don't have the scouting reports. You don't have the different things. It turns into a who can adjust throughout the course of the game type of thing. So, and that would have been back in November. So, that's a long time ago right now. Preseason scrimmages happen. Luke Winkle is going to make Centennial go. Everything runs through Luke Winkle. Chase Shuddy is a guy that is a problem for defenses. He can post up. He also shoots like 42, 43% from three-point land. You know, they're a senior-dominated team. I think that helps a ton when you get to the postseason, just understanding how things work. They've been to the state tournament before. Um, I, I Obviously, Centennial's a favorite. They're, gonna, they're the higher seed in all this. And I just think with you got to not discount the senior factor when you've got all those seniors starting and playing for Centennial. And Ankeny, of course, will play either Iowa City Liberty or Waterloo West. I don't know much about either of those teams, but I know Centennial did play both of those teams and handled them both uh, fairly easily uh, this year. I don't expect the Hawks to have any trouble to get through that one. I, they wouldn't have trouble with Waterloo West. Uh, Liberty, knowing a lot of teams over there, you know, playing in the, the NBC is probably considered the best conference right now in the state of Iowa as far as boys basketball is concerned when you, when you got especially Cedar Rapids Kennedy. Over in that direction, Liberty has not competed well against that Missouri Valley Conference um, or Mississippi Valley Conference. Sorry, not Missouri Valley Conference. This year, 
Liberty has some guys that they were expecting that were going to be really good uh, throughout the course of this year that just haven't quite lived up to what they have. I think the potential's there. You know, they're still a school that's learning how to play that rugged schedule of playing 4A all the way throughout the course of the year. I think there's some potential there, but man, you know, what Carson Johnson has done over the last third of this season, fourth of this season, you add to him, you know, they got Cade Peterson back and gives him a big body in the middle, 6'6", and he's probably averaging close to a double-double over the last quarter of the season. You add those two factors in along with the Aguirre brothers and then the defense of, uh, of Cash schooling down there. Like, that's that's kind of been their adjustment is schooling, taking on the leading scorer for the other team, and he's done an awesome job of it. There, it's, it's going to be really hard for anybody to knock out Ankeny right now. For sure. Well, we'll talk about the the, the possible Ankeny Centennial matchup here in a minute. But when you look at some of the other sub-state brackets, of course, uh, some of the other number one seeds are defending champion Valley. Uh, you got top-ranked Cedar Rapids Kennedy, uh, Cedar Falls, Dubuque Senior, Iowa City West, Sioux City East. Uh, Waukee is also a number one seed. They won the CIMO conference, but their team's kind of strange too. You know, they, they kind of dominated the conference, but they won lost some games out outside of the conference. You talking about Waukee? Yeah. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, Waukee. We've seen them play like four times this year, and and they dominated every time I've watched them play. And so you watch Waukee play, and I don't know that there's a longer team in the state than Waukee. Just like every dude out there, just is like can block your shot. He can defend you. He just they do everything. So. Um, they're kind of my, I don't know if I call them dark horse favorite because I don't know that you can be a dark horse going as a conference champ, but uh, been really impressed every time I've seen Waukee play this year. They've certainly had their moments, but they find a way. And I know Anthony had a huge win over Valley uh, last Friday, and that was one of the best high school games I've ever seen. But boy, that Valley team is still scary. They, they got yeah. so much, oh, man. so much offensive talent. Yeah, they and you know there's so many athletes, and they're they're a, they're an all-star team basically that's put together. It's just uh, man, if you can catch them on the wrong night, you know, both Centennial and Ankeny have got them this year. Uh, two of what their four losses that they've had have come from Ankeny and Centennial, so um, they're certainly beatable. Uh, but. You know, last year they kind of came from nowhere to win the state title with Urich down there too. That gives them a big body in the middle. They, they got all the pieces to do it again, uh, but they just have to be able to put it together on a given night. Let's talk about a potential Anthony Centennial matchup here <laughs> oh, in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's a long time away and a lot can change. I know the last time they played, uh, Carson Johnson was coming off that injury and I know I thought he would play, but we weren't sure how well he'd play and then he goes on <laughs> for 38 points. Yeah. So a lot can change between now, now and then. We don't even know where the game would be played, but just just kind of looking at it from afar. I mean, if they do play again, how do you see that matchup? Who, who, who do you mean to give the edge to? Yeah, there's no there's no way to accurately predict these two teams playing against each other because we've seen so many different things happen over the last three years when, when these senior guys have been going against each other at various levels. Uh, I mentioned when we were calling the game, when Ankeny and Centennial played each other, it was just over a week ago right now, uh, Johnson, Luke Winkle, because Johnson had, what did we say, 38, right? right. Winkle had 36. 37. Yeah, 37. Yeah, so it was, it, I said during the broadcast, it, it felt like an NBA All-Star game. These guys were just going back and forth at each other. Most of the time during the night, they were assigned to each other. These guys, and you've been around this city a lot longer than I have, but these guys, I mean, I can't imagine having two better basketball players at the same time than what we've had right now with these two. And the fact they, they each play for a different school, they're actually pretty similar. I'd say Luke is more of a get-to-the-basket type of guy, where Carson's more of a uh, pull-up, jump-shot type of guy. But they both shown that they can do the other part well as sure. well. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I've been here 20 years, and I don't know a time that I've followed high school sports that you've seen two guys in the same town that can just take over a game like those guys can do. And it was a treat to watch. It was a treat to call. Um, I think the fact that Ankeny had the lead 
early on in that game kind of made maybe the the fireworks overall of the entire game dissipate a little bit. But man, those two guys together on the court at the same time, it's you got to get out there and see them because those guys are incredible talents to watch play basketball. Yeah, even though I didn't want uh, these two teams to be in the same bracket, I mean, seeing those two two point guards play against each other one more time would be a lot of fun. It, it sure is, and you know, guys have known each other for a long time, and guys, you know, obviously growing up in the same town. I just think back to if we look at the last twelve months, Ankeny and Centennial playing each other, and the finishes that we've had to those games in a multitude of different sports. We talk about the what was a triple overtime in the regular season of football. Talk about a uh, coming down to the last possession in the postseason for football. Talk about going five games in volleyball. Uh, you can even go back right about a year ago when Centennial was down by like 19 in the fourth quarter and came back and beat Ankeny in basketball. You have right. Ankeny beating Centennial by like one in girls basketball and then coming back and then Centennial beating Ankeny by one in girls basketball. I mean, there's been so many incredible finishes. What I really appreciate as a citizen of this town is watching these kids battle each other but also knowing that they are there's a lot of good friends out there on both sides of things as well as as much of competitors as what they are but boy i don't know how you can have these two teams go up against each other and not expect just a ton of people to come want to watch because the finishes that have taken place between these teams like I said, especially over the last 12 months, this has been like none other. The, it's This is an incredible rivalry between these two schools. We have the first two games that these uh, two teams played against each other. Uh, Centennial won by 12, and then like you said, Ankeny got the early lead the last game and ended up winning by 13. Uh, so the games weren't super close, although the first one was Centennial. Uh, they, they scored like the last 12, 13 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pulled away late. But yeah, I think if they play again, I, I imagine it's going to be a lot closer this time at the end. Well, I would, <laughs> and, you know, the funny part is, like, even if it's not, everyone would expect it to be still. You know, even if you're sitting there with a, you know, a 10 to 15 point lead of four minutes left, whoever's got it, I think everyone still is like, okay, who, what may happen next? Because boys basketball is a kind of a different animal because you got one player that can just completely take over a game in that. And, and we saw that with, with Carson Johnson before, but both teams have other weapons as well that can, that can do that. Uh, we just got to see some really, really special talent do that in the last game. Well, hey, before we sign off, uh, for people that aren't familiar with what it is that you do, can you kind of describe, you know, what it is that you do with your streaming platforms? And, and we get, we doing any of the postseason games? You know yeah, so we'll, we'll, no, we'll have all the postseason games on. We've had some great businesses step forward here in town to make sure that happens. Um, I think it's just kind of become the expectation that games are going to be on all over the state. Uh, some teams do it on pay-per-view or some schools do it on a pay-per-view ba- basis. Last year for the postseason for sub-state, uh, we went up and did Ankeny versus, uh, or excuse me, Centennial versus Cedar Falls. That game was the only free sub-state game to watch. Everybody else was the NFHS platform, which was like $12.99 to watch it. So due to the generosity of a bunch of businesses here in town, uh, we were able to get that on, pay the state fees, pay our help, get all that taken care of. Um, we make sure that all Ankeny and Centennial activities are on. Uh, basketball, basketball and wrestling throughout this year. Uh, we were part of getting swimming on as well this year. Uh, we look forward to doing soccer in the spring and then uh, baseball and softball. And hopefully, I think track two is part of the plans to get that on as well. So we want to make sure all these athletes, I know how hard these athletes work. Um, we've done concerts on the Centennial side. I look to expanding some of that as well. Just making sure that these uh, young men and women that put all this work into everything they do get the exposure that they deserve and that everybody can see. I've seen it from a coaching perspective how much it pays off to have all those games available to college coaches 
and not just the highlights, but watching it live and seeing how players interact when the lights aren't on. See how the players interact when you know you're between snaps, you're between plays, and see how that works. So I want to make sure that that's available for not only all our Ankeny and Centennial student athletes, but their parents, their grandparents, the average person in the bleachers. Uh, or maybe they can't make it that night, the mom or dad that's dropping off their kid down at Kingdom Hoops and can't make it to a game, or wherever it is around the metro. Uh, we want to make sure that, uh, similar to what you do here, Dan, is that uh, we can get these guys and gals the exposure for everything that they do. And um, I think it becomes something that is just kind of become the expectation right now in the world that we live in that streaming is going to be available. We want to be sure that we can continue to make it free. And I know you guys are the same way. We want everybody able to recognize the hard work that our young men and women put into everything that they're doing around town. For sure. Now, do you still use a lot of high school kids to help you out? Oh, yeah. Yep. I got, uh, I think I'm up to, I think I got 12 that have worked for me here now in the last year in various capacities. I've got some great kids right now calling games for me as well. Uh, I think that's great exposure for them as well to let them do that. Um, Cash Von Bali is a kid that I've really, really enjoyed having around. Um, uh, Cade, um, Cade Tomlinson, who you might recognize sure. his voice from the PA as well, does a lot of baseball work for me. Cade has this very, very special uh, play-by-play voice. Like he's just, uh, Cade's got it. Like he is a senior in high school, or a junior in high school. Like he, he's got it figured out. I think that's a kid you have the potential to hear some big things from down the road. Uh, uh, Carter Brandau is another kid that started to do more and more stuff for me right now from a uh, calling game standpoint. Luke Silve uh, has been a um, uh, producer director for me. Uh, Luke is just a sophomore right now at Centennial. I look forward to having him around for several years. Uh, my daughter Addie Pollock, uh, other daughter Ellie, uh, they've both been able to run all the equipment. Addie's handled a lot of my scheduling, get the workers on board, kind of working behind the scenes. Uh, she'll also produce and direct. Uh, it's it's been a really fun thing. I don't know um, what uh, there. I don't. There's not really any affiliation with the school, but we've been able to do it and kind of find people. I've got a good relationship with the speech program at Centennial, especially. I'd really like to expand and get more Ankeny kids involved. So if you're an Ankeny kid that wants to get involved in play-by-play or just uh, sports broadcasting in general, if you're hearing this right now, get a hold of me because we'd love to get you on board and then be able to get you on and give you some of that exposure. Well, it's a great service that you guys uh, provide. I know I'm usually at the games when you guys are, are streaming them, but there have been times when I've gone back and, and watched it to de- either catch something that I missed or if I'm not at the other game, I'll watch it to see what, what happens. So. Well, hopefully it makes sense when you're watching it later on. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Andy, thanks a lot for coming in. I'm looking forward to the postseason. I'm sure you are too. It should be a lot of fun. And, uh, hey, we'll talk again later. Absolutely. Good to be on. Thanks. All right. You've been listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker MidAmerica. At Coldwell Banker, you're not one of many clients, you're our most important client. We listen to your needs to develop long-lasting relationships and provide the best services, professional support, and resources in the industry. We're constantly exploring new and innovative ways to elevate your experience and exceed your expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. I want to thank my guest again for coming in tonight, Andy Pollack. Uh, we broke down all of the postseason high school uh, basketball brackets. I hope uh, you enjoyed our conversation there. He's always fun to talk to. And come back uh, next week for another edition of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast.